0: Welcome back to Judging Bounce and Balls, Toby. How the heck are you? Great,
1: great, big week. Uh, weather turned, right? Uh, no pickleball. Yeah. Uh, watched my daughter's first uh, lacrosse girls game, which was pretty, pretty exciting. And they won uh, three to one. They played Pulaski. Now Pulaski doesn't have the the numbers like Bayport, so they kind of helped each other out. But uh,
0: details, details. You won. <laughs> Just stop at
1: 3-1. I have no idea what they were doing, but uh, it was fun to watch.
0: It looked fun. That's all that mattered.
1: Right. It, was, it was nice outside. I was sitting outside. That's all I cared about.
0: <laughs> yes. And, hey, we just got done with our interview with Stephanie Hauser, head of the, the executive director of the WIAA. Uh really awesome interview. It was so great to hear her perspective on the awesome, the, the amazing life that she's led with her family. Her family is just a sports family through and through um, some of your takeaways from, from the interview with Steph.
1: Yeah, I'll be honest. So, you know, when you say sports family, I mean, that is a sports family. I mean, head of college volleyball, they've got a WNBA they've, or not W. They have an NBA. I call him a star. He had 26 points the other night, right? Back to back games in a row. <laughs> back right. to back. We found that out in a hurry. <laughs> and then a son that's flying out tomorrow for the NBA draft. I mean, yeah, you want to talk about stroke of good luck?
0: I mean, and and just unbelievable amounts of hard work. You know, obviously, to get to that level, you got to put in. It, even at the level of coaching in college, you got to put in a lot of work. And then her husband is an athletic director for one of the biggest schools in the state. So you know, it's everyone in their family is involved in some way with sports for their career and throughout their lives. And they've gotten to go through all the pro sports. I'm sorry, not all the uh, club sports, all the high school sports. It's just really cool to hear their story and and see and get to hear her perspective on club sports, high school or education based based athletics. I just thought it was a really fun conversation.
1: Yeah, and you come to find out that WI is not the the devil that people make them out. I mean, there's it's it's interesting her take on how they handle uh, situations that we go through. You know, we talked about uh, the seeding problem. You know, we talked about on the hockey side, but it resonated through football and everything and you know we all feel uh our football teams get screwed we had to play the best team here or there and she she does a nice job explaining that and uh you know on the controversies they and uh, that they get on a daily basis and how they handle them so it was good to see on the WI side that uh they really are just people making you know keeping the best uh for our athletes and make sure everything runs smooth
0: yeah, I like the way you put that because I think one of the things we forget in sports, when you especially when you see it on TV, and let's face it, a lot of stuff now is on TV, you see uh, referees or you see the coaches, and it's so easy to demonize them and be like, they don't know what they're doing, they're you know they're idiots or whatever. And then you actually talk to the real human being, and you're like, oh, I see why you did that, or oh, I see your reasoning behind that. It it adds a whole new life to it, and I think that's you know, that's, that's part of it. With when, when we talk to Steph is you get to see they're, they're real people making real decisions based on the rules and regulations that they have. And so you can't fault them for making the decisions. Even if people don't always agree with them, they have a protocol to file, to, 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 uh, to, to follow. And that's kind of what dictates the way they do things. And And they're real human beings. They're not just robots.
1: Yeah. And you know, Turned my tide. I guess I'm a WIA fan though. <laughs> but she gave us—I'll be honest—she gave us access to the to the people. Yeah, we, we might take a bit. We kind of we kind of turned a corner here. We went from podcast to real podcast. We brought information <laughs> today to the
0: people. That's right. Hey, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to grow this youth sports thing and get people uh, involved in youth athletics because. Hey, I think it's no secret that you and I really do care about youth athletics. Not just because our kids play, but we really care about it because it's important for the development of of, of young people. It's important for uh, you know communities that we in uh, that we are in, uh, and and we want to see those things be successful. Club and education-based athletics.
1: Yeah, and she she did not bash club. I mean, being nope. from the uh, education. Base athletics, which is a a great way to put high school sports, right? It's what it's there for, but she was very – her kids had played club. She talked about that. So, I yeah, overall it was just – man, what a great interview. Yeah, Yeah, And we got her for longer, right? If we had 20 minutes, I'm like, if we get her – I think we got her 48 minutes of conversation.
0: Yeah, I mean, and she was gracious enough to even start it in her car, <laughs> right? So, right. I mean, she fit us in when we say she fit us in, she fit us in, which was very appreciated. So, thank you for doing that. Uh, it was it was great to talk with her, yes, as well. So, man, it's a it's a great episode. We think you're going to really enjoy it. Uh, this one is called uh, Episode Twenty Two, Steph Hauser Full Circle, and that's going to come. Uh, we'll leave that as a tease, as they say in the industry. To see why it's full circle uh comes up full circle actually a couple times so this was pretty good yep
1: nope but just a just a great interview and uh it's kind of fun to, to we change topics all time and this is another fun episode
0: yeah for sure so anything else you wanted to uh to talk about outside of this week uh, let's see uh, maybe just a quick update we didn't talk anything about uh, the games this week how's bayport doing in in women's soccer uh
1: Let's see. We had one, two, three, four, five games so far. We're 4-0-1. Uh, we beat Wausau West Tuesday night. Um, yeah. 4-0. Uh, Macy, you know, played played great minutes. Uh, had a couple opportunities, and she made field goals instead of goals. So, we're going to we're, we're tone it down a little <laughs> bit, trying to get her to put it in the net.
0: Hey, when you got that kind of leg power that she has, you just let it rip.
1: Right. Well... We'll see about that. <laughs> what about Smash? How's Smash over there doing? So
0: we're doing pretty good. We have played, uh, f- let's see, we've played four games so far. We are 2-1-1. One, and one. Uh, We just had a game yesterday. We had a tie against Chippewa Falls 1-1, uh, and that was a really fun game. Came down to the last few minutes, and we were able to tie that one up. Uh, so we felt pretty good about that one. Chippewa Falls, very good team. They a lot of good athletes. Um, so we're feeling good about the progress that we've made, but we have a Huge, huge test tomorrow. We have our first conference game against DC Everest, who is always tops in our conference. Uh, so we'll see how we can do against them. Honestly, um, I, I, I think they're a really great team. They're missing a good, good player, but they're still really good. So I would assume that's going to be a really tough battle for us. So we'll see how it goes.
1: You got it, Inya. There's a lot on the line, conference. That's right. There's a lot on the line. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, yes.
0: This is true. So no, it's been it's been a lot of fun. Um it's going to be a, a good season. Uh Spring Sports has been great At, uh, last night just to give you an example of how fun Spring Sports are. Last night for spash we had a home baseball game, we had a home softball game, we had a home girls track, home boys track, we had a gr- home boys or home girls soccer game and then uh we had, you know, mean, uh I'm sorry, uh what am I going to say? Uh Tennis was a Nina. So we I mean it's just a really busy night and it's it, it just reminded you how fun high school athletics are because everything was going all at once and there was so much like in the air in, in SPASH at the you know with the better weather and then just lots of stuff happening. It was cool. And I'm sure that's the way Bayport was as well.
1: Yeah, I've seen a boys lacrosse game, I've seen a girls' lacrosse game, I've seen the varsity baseball play, and I've seen <laughs> soccer games. So I I love it. And now with the weather changing, I'm just go- Right now I'm just driving over to the school and just watching anything I can because I just want to sit outside
0: and yeah. set up a, turn this beautiful gray hair brown. <laughs> Dang, right. You're going to set up like a little – Putting lemon juice in it. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to set up a cot over there and just sleep at Bayport. Right, right. That's right. Just to be a part of it. Just to be a part of just it. Just to be a part. No, so that's awesome. So I'm glad to hear things are going well. we'll let's end this and let people get to the interview. It's a, it's a great interview with Steph Hauser. Uh, we hope you'll enjoy it, and please give us some feedback on, on what you thought because uh, we really enjoyed her taking the time and sharing her perspective. So,
1: Yeah, and hit the subscribe button. We, we, we're leveling this thing up because you're starting to post some games. I'm going to hopefully hear the next home game I'll put on there. And, yes. Uh, just show the world what I'm about without you. You're doing right. right.
0: I'm looking forward to That's this. It's going be good. <laughs> oh, it's going to be great. Yes.
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, Toby. Well, let's get to it.
1: All right,
0: have a great night, you too Welcome back, Stephanie, welcome. thank you for joining us.
2: Thanks for having me guys.
0: So uh, obviously you're uh, you've got a busy schedule ahead of you, so we appreciate you taking some time. Uh, it's, we see you're in a car right now. you want to talk about that how busy uh, what, what have you been up to?
2: Well, we finally had a night off. And uh, we took Joey up to Spash to get a workout, and he flies to L.A. tomorrow to start his, uh, his hopefully, his NBA journey.
0: That's awesome. Very so, cool.
2: Last opportunity to go up to his hometown gym, where uh, he's seen a lot of shoot, shots fall through those hoops, and then off tomorrow to the next <laughs> chapter. It's pretty exciting.
0: Well, that's Awesome. So, I, Steph, I wanted you to talk a little bit about um, about your family. I was telling uh, Toby before you, you, you came on, you're like the royal family of sports. That's what I came up with today because you guys, every one of your family members is in sports at some level in a, and usually at a very high level. Your husband is a athletic director or an activities director. You're the head of the WIAA. Your daughter, is the Nikki, is the head of volleyball at Virginia, if I'm correct.
2: Director of Volleyball Operations. Yes.
0: Okay, and then you've got your son in the NBA, and then another one that potentially in the, in the in the NBA. So, talk about that a little bit. Just that experience that you've had. It's got to be a fun one.
2: I might I might freeze up for one moment, Drew. We're just passing the Stevens Point Airport, so it's always a dead spot right there. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you what. Nope. You know, people talk about the world of athletics being a small world, and it's really true. You know, it brings people together. Mm-hmm. I, I was just down at the Madison Sports Hall of Fame luncheon yesterday, and they wanted to know how Sam met his fiance Emmy, because Emmy, uh, Emmy played volleyball for the Badgers, but she's from East Troy High School. Well, they met because Sam and Trevor were named the male athletes of the year for high school, and Emmy was named the female athlete of the year for high school. I mean, talk about a small world, how that brings us all together. My husband and I met because wow. my brother was his college basketball teammate. You know, and so it, it just, it brings families together. It, it creates new families. And I'll tell you what, it's given a lot back to the Hauser family. And now we're trying to find ways to give it back, give back to other people and invest in um, invest in other people's lives. So it's been fun.
0: That's really cool. So, one other thing before I let Toby answer a question or ask a question here, I, I noticed, and I did not know this, that you actually are the the the, the joining between Toby and I here, because you actually worked at Spash. You were the activities director at Spash, and I didn't know that you were a chemistry teacher at Bayport, which is where uh, Toby's kids go to school as well. So, you're like the uh, you're bringing everything full circle here.
2: Yeah, I, you know, most people assume that people in my role were at one time physical education teachers. It seems kind of natural, but no, I was a a chemistry and physical science teacher. I taught uh, eight years at Green Bay Southwest High School and then two at Bayport before taking three years off to be home with three little kids in daycare. And then entered in entered into my first administrative position at New London High School as an assistant principal and athletic director and then to SPASH, and the rest is. Kind of, you know, the rest of the history because it's all been at its yeah. point since then. But I always loved teaching. I loved coaching. And, um, you know, just kind of each time you're ready for a new challenge, it heads you to a different path. Never in a million years would I thought from my days teaching chemistry that I'd be doing what I am today.
1: <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. What is the process that it takes to become, to get to the, the, the level you're at now with the WIAA? Um When did that kind of take a turn from doing the local to the statewide
2: you know uh, that that's a great question and i don't really have a straightforward answer i mean like i just said it's not like i thought this was where my path was going to head you know doors just open as you as you meet people and you gain experience and you seek new challenges in a way to make a difference on a bigger platform it just was something that kind of fell into my lap i had a very difficult time Making the decision to apply for the assistant director position at WIA nine years ago because I absolutely loved being at SPASH. I turned my application in the last possible day that it was due because I, I really, I just couldn't decide if I wanted to leave SPASH. I loved it. And um, ultimately, it's just that little piece that you always are looking for one more next challenge and what's what's a way I can make an impact on a bigger on a bigger landscape than I am right now. And so that was the opportunity that door opened. And then eight years later, Dave Anderson retired and timing wise for me as a mom and a wife. it was it was good. It was good timing. I knew that my own children were kind of nearing the end of their college careers, and so I was ready for that next challenge and that next commitment to my work.
1: Yeah, and I I gotta ask just Michigan State though. I mean, there's there's the Badgers, there's some local <laughs> teams, but how did he, how did your son end up at Michigan State?
2: Uh, two words: Tom Izzo.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can I, imagine. I, he calls. You gotta go. Yeah, right?
2: I mean. You know, most people don't even realize that Joey was really heavily recruited by Tom in high school. Tom came to numerous spash basketball games, numerous spash football games and sat in the stands came into the high school, met the met coach Stroner, met coach Anderson, met mr Vollendorf, mr divine i mean he he's a man of the people and he wanted Joey to come to Michigan state so badly and ultimately Joey made the decision to go play basketball with his brother. Coach Izzo told him at the time, "You're making a mistake. You're making you're making a choice for the wrong choice." But he said, "I respect family. I think the world of family, so I will accept your decision." But I'm telling you right now, you're making the wrong choice. Yeah. Lo and behold, a year later, Sam says, "Joey, I, I want to transfer." And Joey's like, "Well, I am out, and I'm know where, I know where I'm going." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Tom, That's fantastic.
1: Tom Izzo
2: is special. He is, yeah, he, is. He, he is. a Hall of Fame basketball coach that literally still treats the program like a high school program. It's grounded. It's down to earth. He has parent meetings, gives you his cell phone number, calls you. Hmm. He was out for a walk yesterday. He called me when he was out for a walk. Hey, Steph, I just want to talk to you. I'm out for a walk. Just got to tell you, I'm so excited for Joey. I mean... The guy's a That's gem. Cool. He's a gem and he'll be in Joey's life forever.
1: Hmm. That's guys. I, I suppose there's only a few college coaches when they call you kinda gotta pick up, right? I mean, and he's one. He's he's and he's not going anywhere, right? He doesn't transfer, he doesn't get to a another level of a program. I mean, he's his roots are pretty much planted yep. there. Yeah. You got it.
0: We actually that's just fantastic. we actually just had a guest on that talked to story about Tom Izzo playing in, was it college or high school because he was from up in the UP and that was a story about the last time he ever played football in high school I think it was it was pretty funny
1: yeah
2: yeah he's a Uper his best friend is yeah. Steve Mariucci
0: yes and
1: that's how yep, it kind yep, of came up Iron, Iron they're
2: they're still best <laughs> friends in fact the cool part is um, Joey's got um, Coach Lafleur. And in his contacts, and gets gets messages from Coach Lafleur, Coach Mariucci. I mean, Coach Izzo, really? Coach Izzo has a network that is a big network, and people that people that will do things like that, reach out and tell Joey, "Hey, good luck, good luck against Kansas State tonight," you know. And um, that's, that's cool. It's really cool.
1: That's neat. Yeah, yeah. To have that backing, especially going where he's gonna to try to go now. I mean yep kind
0: of a neat story yeah Yeah. well we're we're rooting for him that's for sure we just like we root for Sam and and Nikki too we're we're rooting for all of them so that's that's really cool
2: thank you appreciate that they're good you know what they're good kids and at the end of the day you know as parents that's really that all that's that's what really matters is that they're just good (laughs) people and good good people find other good people and and yeah. And our kids have made some really good decisions to surround themselves with good people. Tom, or you know, Sam with Tony Bennett and his staff, and I mean, yeah. that's just good people.
0: Yeah,
1: that's fantastic.
0: So speaking of Sam, no, did your did you, oh go I just ahead. I just want to ask real quick. Sam had 26 points the other night. How is that to how fun is that to watch? I asked Dave the same thing. Like. How fun is it to watch your kid on TV like, and to have an awesome game at the highest level? That's got to be kind of fun.
2: Well, let's set the record straight, actually. He had back-to-back 26 points. Oh, okay, so Come sorry. on, <laughs> Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I described Joey's decision in two words. I'll describe this in one word, surreal. Okay. Uh, we Sometimes Dave and I will be watching on TV and, and – He'll hit a shot, and and James Harden is right in front of him. We look at each other, we're like, "Are, are we are we really watching this right now? Did that just happen?"
0: Oh, yeah. That's cool.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's it's been amazing. You know, it's I think he gave an interview. If you get a chance, go go watch it. It was um, not the last game on Sunday, Atlanta, but the game on Friday night. I think it was Toronto. They played, okay. and his interview after the game. You know, she interviewed him and just talked about. You know, playoffs are coming, Sam. What do games like this mean, to you know, to guys like you who are on the bench? And he just said something that I think can be translated to any level, whether it's college, whether it's high school. He just said you have to be ready for whenever your moment yeah. comes. You know, playoffs are coming. There's a likelihood that me and some of the guys won't see any time at all. And so yeah. our job right now is to be in the moment. Show coach that if we get called upon, even for a minute, he can count on us. And then you have to stay mentally ready, physically ready, but more importantly, mentally ready for if your name gets called. And if it doesn't, you have to stay engaged. you got to stay, you know, you just got to be ready for for your moment. And that's what you're preparing for is for that moment if it comes. It's great advice.
0: Yeah. It's a great advice for especially yeah. for young athletes. Yeah, for sure. Sorry, Toby, I cut you off before. Yeah. No, I was gonna say everybody gets tied up into playing
1: yep. time and, and if you're not out on the field and they get they come off dejected. And yeah, you know, we're seeing it now. Our daughters are both freshmen that play that have made varsity and they're seeing minutes, but we have some teammates that they had that are struggling because they make the varsity and everybody's happy, but then they don't see the field. Yeah. And uh, that's a perfect, perfect advice.
2: You know, and I think that if if kids feel valued, and also if their parents accept their role. So if a kid feels valued and a parent buys into their role, I think that that kid will walk away feeling that they, they made a difference and it was a successful season for them. And like you said, if people don't get quite so tied into what the minutes look like, what the touches look yeah. like, it's more about the overall experience. And again, I'm going to use Tom Izzo's words a little bit, <clears throat> there's a process. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times in this day and age, people aren't willing or have the patience to let the process play out. You you need to invest and put your time in to reap the benefits and People aren't as patient as they used to be, and sometimes parents are. <laughs> sometimes parents are, are part of that problem. They have to also be patient and trust that there is a process, and their kid is not, yeah. um, not guaranteed anything, and not gifted anything. It all has to be earned.
0: hmm Yeah, great advice. And it's 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 something we've addressed on this podcast too. Just the parents' involvement in in club sports in high school sports and and then also the, what the athlete's involvement is too so I, yeah i really like that advice i think that's that's, that's a good one for for those listening to uh, adhere to
1: yeah for sure because people parents are so quick to judge they're so quick to change the coach they want people fired, and it's even at a young age you see it i mean You're looking at nine-year-olds out there and the the parents are screaming at the coach who's not running the right offense, and it's like, what are we doing? It's terrible. It is.
2: It's one of the things that makes me the most proud to do what I do, though, is because high school athletics – is education based and it is unique yeah. it, it is different than the club world youth sports it's different than the college and professional world people try to make it the same but it's not it's very very unique right there really is a place for everyone if if they want to yeah. be and they're willing to accept a role and um, you know it's it's supposed to, it's supposed to be meaningful it's supposed to help kids feel like they belong, connect them to their school, help teach them life skills, have fun memories beyond the game, the bus rides, yeah. the pasta parties. You know, that's that's what makes high school athletics unique. And, you know, the, the statistics don't lie. There's only about three in every 100 high school athletes that will go on and play competitively at any level beyond high school. And so for those 97 out of 100, this is it for them. This is, this is everything. Yeah, right. And people get a little too hung up on, oh, I'm going to get a scholarship or what's the next step instead of really just letting their feet be where they are and enjoy it because the likelihood is for 97% of them, this is it. So enjoy it.
1: Yeah. And we've talked a lot because, you know, we're both involved in our kids and playing club and high school. We're both community guys. I think playing for your school, wearing the crest is – Yep. Is everything you know? Um, do you see uh, are the numbers staying up there for high school sports? I mean, you got club baseball is year round, um, soccer is almost year round yeah. now. Hockey. Football and track seem to be the hockey, football and track seem to be the only ones where they don't really run a club. But are you seeing the numbers continuing um, to go in the right direction for to keep high school? Uh, sports uh, in line?
2: Well, I would say yes and no. There are certain programs that are that are um, really seeing declines, and it's it's concerning. You know, 11-player mm-hmm. play, football has really seen some changes, but the flip side of that is eight-player football is on the rise. Um, you're seeing some declining numbers in softball right now and baseball right now, but girls and boys lacrosse is on the rise. So uh, yes and no. Uh, I think some of the traditional sports do need to embrace doing things maybe a little differently than they always have to keep it, keep it fresh and keep kids interested. But at the same time, again, there are, there are new and exciting sports coming up that kids are, that kids are looking to do. So kids are going to find something to get connected to their high school with. They really will. Overall, across the nation, there's not been a decrease in participation numbers. It's really strong at the high school level.
1: I was going to say, I went to my first, uh, my daughter's a junior at Bayport. She played in her first lacrosse game tonight. So, and I hear they're going to be a sanctioned, WIA sanctioned sport next year. They are. We'll
2: have our first ever state championship for boys and girls next spring.
1: That's fantastic. That's, I got to be honest, I didn't know anything was going on. And as a sports parent, I found it completely fantastic. I just sat there and cheered for everybody. I didn't. Didn't even really know when they score. <laughs> a lot of
2: scoring. A lot of scoring that goes on in lacrosse. A lot of action.
1: A lot of running. Yeah. A lot of running. Yep. More, than, more than, than, than I'm into. Yeah.
2: It's good. We're excited about that addition. Girls girls Wrestling was sanctioned a year ago, and their numbers went from about 450 last year in their very first season to this mm-hmm. year over over 750 girls wrestlers um, in the, wow. the state. So it has just soared and we're hoping that we see that happen with lacrosse as well.
0: well that's cool. Yeah, I saw
1: that. Are there any sports you look oh, I was going to say are there any sports that you're looking at down the road that are different that you're looking to sanction or is it is it a tough road to 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 roll to get a sport sanctioned?
2: Um there's nothing that I'm aware of right now. There's been times when bowling has been talked about, but that hasn't been discussed recently. It's probably been a good five years since I've heard much about bowling. Um, that it comes from the hmm. membership. There's 517 public and private schools in the WIA membership, so that would come. That's a grassroots ask when the membership wants to sanction a sport. The the benchmark is 5%. So we've got 517 schools, 10% is 52, half of that 26. When 26 high schools say we would like you to look at sanctioning sport, whatever, then our board will consider it. We start doing some, some serious research across the state, talk about sustainability, how long have you had these programs, and if there is an official ask, we ask our board to approve the sanctioning of it. The next step is at the ten percent. So when we get to the fifty-two schools, would you consider hosting a WIA state championship? So in the case of boys and girls lacrosse, although there were, there wasn't ten percent girls teams, there were, there was ten percent of the schools offering boys teams. So we think um, I mean there's going to be a state championship for both boys and girls next fall. That's our, our next spring. That's already been adopted and approved.
1: Oh, that's great. That's okay.
2: It takes time, though. From from the time you start that investigation, you know, collection of data, asking member schools what they would support, and then to implementation. You know, it's it's been now a full two-year process by the wow. time we hit that first state championship for lacrosse. There's a lot of planning involved. Schools have to get school board approval. They have to build their budgets Seek coaches. Um, you know, we have to, on our end, we have to establish a tournament series, uh, determine the site where that's going to be held, which is yet TBA for the state championship for lacrosse. And uh, it's, it's quite a process, but an exciting one.
1: <laughs> Bayport's got a great field for the tournament. I'm just saying, <laughs> if you want to throw it out there, why not?
2: I actually think they have reached out to us.
1: Yeah oh a fancy! Yeah. there we green, go green
2: bay green bay C V B reached out to us with a couple different different options in the green bay area and i believe <laughs> that bayport was one of those options maybe st norbert was another and um maybe there was a third one as well
0: yeah well yeah. st norbert's got a beautiful facility also mm-hmm. a lot of facilities up there uh for that too so it'd work out really well that'd be good fun stuff yeah, I was going to comment before on the uh, the, the women's wrestling. I, I I thought it was really cool. There was a picture I think I saw on the WIAA's Twitter, and the it, I, was that at the Cole Center or was that at the Capital Center? Cole. Cole. It was it was packed. It was awesome. There was there was an, there was an open seat in the in the place in that picture. I thought that was really cool to to see that many people out supporting all those 750 wrestlers. That was that was really cool.
2: If the boys and the girls were combined, we had eight mats on the floor. And we had uh, second highest ever attendance at state wrestling.
1: Really? Wow, that's fantastic. That's great. That sport is blowing up. I mean, it's always been big in some of the communities around Green Bay, but it's a that's a life sport.
2: Yeah. Yep. You've got. You've got. In fact, in fact, uh, uh, Green Bay has approached us about considering uh, moving team wrestling to Green Bay. When our contract is up in Madison and obviously we, you know, we don't begin those conversations yet, but uh, you know, obviously we we would entertain conversations to other options for team wrestling. Jody van Lannen is a name in green Bay. That's very active in the wrestling community. And so he's been someone who's been leading that conversation.
1: I know. uh, Cause we did some uh, Luxembourg Casco put on a brand new wrestling for, I mean, area. I mean these schools are you know usually it's all gyms and football fields. Right now they're starting to invest in baseball diamonds and, and wrestling rooms um that are really nice. College level wrestling rooms.
2: Luxembourg caskills pretty good at wrestling.
1: <laughs> they are they that's their kind of their mainstay. They has
2: been for a long we don't time. Don't mess around
1: out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the dads now are coaching the youngsters and the same, you know, that's all the way through. They've been good their whole the whole time I've been around,
2: Bayport's <laughs> not too shabby either.
1: Right, forget oh, it.
0: Oh, let's settle down on Bayport.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, a, a fun fact is, I uh, my last year teaching at Bayport, I was only there two years before I stayed home with the kids. But I was in the old building the last year. I helped I helped design all the science labs at Bayport High School, the chemistry oh, cool. labs, but never never got to teach in them.
0: It's a bummer.
1: Yeah, they're actually doing a huge. Uh, Bayview's getting a whole addition put on. They're cleaning that up. There's like a huge referendum up here for what's uh, going on. They're putting new gyms on schools. So yeah. We're
2: and da- take care. And Damian LaCroix and I go way back. I coached I coached okay. volleyball at Pulaski when he was an assistant principal at ba- or at Pulaski. So hmm. I've known him for a long time, and he's he's been your superintendent for quite a while at Howard Swamical.
1: Okay. Now, what year did you coach at uh, in Pulaski? I that? was
2: there from maybe, let's see here, 92 to 97, something like that.
1: Oh, you to coach my wife.
2: What's her name?
1: Jackie Brost, or Jackie Sikorski. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I coached your wife. Uh, that's yes, awesome. I did. I love it.
2: I, you asked her. So I made it. Well, I, actually, no, we were married by then. So I, I was Hauser then. Yep, that's I coached. Funny. That's
1: funny. That's crazy. Sports is a small world, yep. isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> see, this is that's how we started
2: our conversation tonight.
1: I like it. Yep. Oh, that's great. I will, I will, uh, I will mention Jackie, that. That's Jackie, Hikusky,
2: Christy Datman, Kristen Belo, Brianna Birkin, Melanie Birkin. I coached all those girls. Terry Stoltenberg.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. You should remember too. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's really cool. Now, on the, uh, yeah, I was going to say on the WIA side, you know, there's always, we because we talk about it being in the sports world, but there's always controversies and things. You know, our big thing around here was seating. Um, how do they do, and I'm just going to ask a question, how do they do seating? Like we just had hockey, right? We had Bayport Notre Dame and one, two in the state, and then they played early on. Is there, because everybody was asking, you know, talking about how do you not, do that is it regional
2: yeah the the way tournaments um are grouped so they're sectional groupings we you know you call it drawing the circles they're based on your enrollment and your geography period okay no uh no competitive c- competitiveness or ranking is factored in it is geography and enrollment so in hockey there is only two divisions and so you know your circle's pretty big in that Green Bay area. It'd be pretty tough, pretty tough to not have them going against each other at least at the sectional level. So um, I I'd right. like to use an example when uh, let's see here. Joey was a junior. We met Oshkosh North in the sectional semifinal. Oshkosh North had yep. Tyrese Halliburton, who plays in the NBA now, and and they were undefeated and had been ranked number one the entire season. And Joey had come off an ankle sir a foot surgery, so he didn't play the first half of the season. And he came back, and and we killed him on their floor in the sectional semifinals. And they were ranked number one in the state the whole year. Wow. And we went on and kind of walked through the state tournament, and literally the best game in the state happened three games away from the state championship. So. Wow. You know, it's, it's been the philosophy of WIAA for 126 years. And so far, our membership supports keeping it that way. We often hear, but you don't have the best teams at state. And we say, yep, you're right, we don't. We have the best team from each geographic region of the state at the state tournament. And that's how our membership chooses to keep it. They feel it is truly supporting that education-based concept and so that, you know, no matter where you live in the state of Wisconsin, you know you have a chance to make it to the state yeah. tournament.
0: Yeah. Makes it work, though. right? Yeah.
2: It does work and ultimately, you know, the gold ball usually goes home with the with the best in the state. Usually, yeah. But,
0: yeah.
2: but it is it is common that the silver ball doesn't go to the second best team in the state, but it does happen to go to the team that was able to make it all the way through their side of the bracket up to that championship game.
0: Yeah, that's right and that's,
2: and that's awesome that's why they play because, the games. and you know what the best part about that is the fire trucks bring them home and they don't and they don't care if there might have been a, a better team somewhere else because that's they right. made it to that championship game and they're bringing that silver ball home and it's a big deal in their community
1: that's funny we talked about the fire truck on last week's podcast how we we want to ride in the fire truck one day i never yeah. did never never had a chance
2: Good stuff. I was never on a state championship team either. All three of my kids had a chance to win one, uh, or two or three in Joey's case. But uh nope, neither Dave nor I ever got to ride on a fire truck either. Really?
0: I would have I would have weasled my way onto one of those trucks. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we were we were one of the cars in the in the caravan behind, honking our horns and up, waving out the window.
0: Uh, that's, that's, that's not bad either. That's pretty good.
2: Pretty
0: special. Yeah. So I, I would add to, I did want to ask you, as much as we've talked about on this show about clubs and things like that, you've gotten to see both sides of those worlds, but what are you really excited about with youth sports from a, a high school perspective? Because I think so often it's easy to get focused on some of the things that maybe aren't going well, but what are some of the things that you think about youth sports that are going that you're that, that the future looks really bright on? Hmm.
2: You know, it, when you talk about youth sports, it's, you, you kind of say it, it's a blessing and a curse all wrapped into one. It give, give kids gives kids a really unique opportunity at a much younger age than ever happened before. And so it gets them involved, gets them active, gets them out of their house, gets them away from the video games and the phone, yes. gets them socially connected. So that's the part I love about it. Uh, kids don't necessarily go out and play like they used to on their own without having some organization. But on the flip side, that's just, everything is planned for them. Everything's structured, and they don't just go out and play and ride yeah. their bikes and do, do the little kids stuff like they used to because everything is so organized for them. Yeah. Um, I like to I like to share a story when Sam was a little boy and we got him involved in his first AU team. He was eight or nine. And he, we we kind of got lured into a pretty high-profile AU team out of southeast Wisconsin, and we thought it was the right thing to do. And after about his third tournament, we went to wake him up in the morning to take him, and he started crying. He said, please don't make me go. I don't want to go. I just want to stay home and watch cartoons and play on my Nerf hoop today. <laughs> and that's when we had to take a step back as parents and said, whoa, what are we doing here? You know, you, you, think, you think you're doing the best for your kids, yeah. but... It's got to be done within reason. You know, they are just kids. They're just little kids. And they really just want to keep that concept of play in their head. And if it starts to feel too much like work and too much like structure, they stop. The number Mm -hmm. one reason kids stop playing a sport is because it isn't fun anymore. And, And generally speaking, we're the ones that take the fun out for them, the adults, not the kids. The kids are still having fun, but moms and dads... Kind of take the fun out of it for them because it becomes so structured and so businesslike, and they just want to play. Yeah. So um, it is. It, it is a wonderful thing, but it, it it's got to be done with reason and, and keep it in check. You know, a rule of thumb that I heard a long time ago that I think kind of makes sense is. The num- the age that your child is is probably the limit of the number of club events they should be doing. So a little hmm. AAU team, a little club basketball team, if they're only eight years old, don't send them to more than eight. That's enough. Don't send them to 15. 15's way too right. much. Because once, once they hit high school, now they got game maximums of 24, or 22. Right. And so that's when they're going to really start going hard. You see a lot of uh, you see a lot of overuse injuries in young kids because they specialize too much. Yeah. Scientific studies show that sports specialization is not healthy physically for kids either. They're they're using the same muscle movements, the the bones, the the wear and tear. It it can really take a toll on them at a young age and. Um, even if they are playing more than one sport, if they are doing a club sport year-round, that still is considered specialization to the point where you can see overuse injury. So there's goods and bads. You know, I we kind of live our lives at everything within reason. Just, you know, everything within reason. Nothing's bad as long as you keep it in check.
0: It's <laughs> probably good advice. Yeah. It
2: can Especially apply to a lot of people. things, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, when you, you talk about now that you're, you know, your, your kids have made it and have been very successful in sports, but when you were, when you were in the moment before, you know, you just talked about your son crying, I not want to go anymore. Like we're in the moment now. Right. So we try to, you try to feather it down. You try to get them the equipment. You try to, you know, you're always like, maybe we need to do more, you know, looking back, is it, you know, cause is it just telling parents to just settle down a little bit and let things happen? Cause if they're good enough, they're found. It's not, you don't need the, the big time recruit money and you don't need to spend all that. Or is, is there something to that? Hmm.
2: Well, um, there's uh, a guy named Bruce Brown. He's got a, a website called Proactive Coaching, and if you go dig around a little bit on that, there's some advice that he gives parents of of sports kids, and it's something that Dave and I really try to keep close and keep each other, hold each other to it. And a couple of those things are: number one, you should know what your own child's goal is, and that it shouldn't be your goals; it should be their goals. Right. So when you're starting to, when you're starting a summer baseball league. Ask them, you know, what, what, do you, what do you hope for this, this summer? What do, you, what do you want to get out of this? And, and certainly we all want to challenge our kids. We want them to strive for a little more because that's our job as parents. But in the end, accept what they want out of it. It's not your life. It's their life to live because that's one thing that can take the fun out of it. You know, the second thing is let them be coached. Once they start that season, let the only voice that they hear be their coaches the time for mom and dad's voice is when you get in the backyard and you're working on you know hitting hitting off the tee and you're hitting into the net then then that's the time to to be coached but otherwise you know let let the coach be coached the other one the advice other advice he gave us was when you uh, get in the car to go home from a game don't be the first one to talk about the game talk about anything exactly. else because if they want to talk about it they will Hmm. And then the last thing that he taught us was the five most powerful words you can say to your child is, I love to watch you play. I love to watch you play. I think that's six. I don't
0: know that's really okay. Six <laughs> we're, words. We're not math majors. That's six. <laughs> right now. I had that five.
2: <laughs> and then, you know, and then when it gets to a point, if they say, hey, this is something I really would like to do beyond high school, well, then, okay, Mom and Dad, then you start to tap into your resources. Your high school athletic directors are truly the best resource mm-hmm. that you have when it comes to what's right, what are the next steps, what should we be doing to, to start to look at those. Do you know of some good recruiting sites that are, are really helpful, that they're also educational, they're not just going to take my money and run? Um, high, high school athletic directors are, are very well connected. They know where your best bang for the buck is with things like that. They're also really connected in the world. They know people. They've lived that life. They have people they can reach out to to help get you connected.
0: That's good advice, but the the, the only thing that scares me about that is if I asked Amelia, you know, hey, what do you want to do? She would make me like make her have her join these national teams and jet her all over the world to try to her dreams are so big and i don't even talk to her about like hey what do you want for goal wise but she's got these dreams and i'm like honey we gotta pump the brakes (laughs) i don't know i i feel like i'm kind of deflating her dreams at times because i'm like we gotta calm down i don't know i mean it's it's
2: great for kids to have dreams you don't want to ever burst their bubble but you know it's it's nice to suggest once in a while well what's plan b yeah
0: (laughs) and that's kind of where i'm at i was I, I don't want to. I don't want. I'm like, hey, that's great. You want to do that, but then at the same time, I'm like, whew, I don't know if we can do this. <laughs> yeah. Anyways,
2: when they're still, if they're still having fun, that's your cue as yes. a parent that things are going well.
0: And that, honestly, that's been the one thing I, I do ask her: Are you having fun? Because in the end, that's really yep. what I want them to hear. Is you know, I, I don't. If she ends up not playing in college, I'm fine with it. I and same for any of my kids. I I really. I just want him to have fun now, and as long as she's still having fun, sometimes she lets her emotions show. Toby sees her sometimes. She's, you know, she gets frustrated at times, but it's it's one of those like I just want her to continue to have fun. That's all I ever want. So that's good advice from. And what did you say the name of that book was? Like, I have Bruce Brown books pulled up here.
2: Bruce Brown. His website's proactivecoaching.invol. Proactive. Okay, are you able to find it? Yeah, he's got a whole bunch of little tiny pamphlets that are really good. I can I can text you the name of the one where he talks about um, knowing your child's goals and okay. and uh, you know one voice as a coach. But he's got a lot of great reads. Almost any one of those little pamphlets he's got is is worth the five dollars or whatever he charges.
0: Perfect. I'll and put no, in the he didn't notes. pay
2: me to say.
0: And no, he <laughs> and didn't, he didn't pay me to say that. <laughs> Well, I my, I believe my, my
1: big problem right yeah, my big problem right now is you know, I need my kid to stay on this team and be pushed because I've I met some great parents. We we had more fun as parents in these hotel rooms. But if I <laughs> my kid quits, I'm like, now what am I gonna do?
2: So I will tell you that uh, when when Joey played his last AU tournament, so now we've been through all Nikki's club volleyball, all Sam's AU, and now Joey's last tournament. And we were so lucky to have such a great group of parents with each one. I think the parents were more sad than the kids were because <laughs> we were going to miss each other. Right. A lot of times. A lot other, of times yeah. those hotel lobbies. A lot of time.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. And that's what I love most. I mean, we enjoy the games too, but we, we have just fun being together and traveling yeah. all over the Midwest. And we started actually, me and Jeremy got this all started in Iowa. We started broadcasting our daughter's games and doing it live and having a lot of fun and kind of where somebody we're not on the, on the record, but we're having fun doing it.
2: <laughs> Athletics brings people together.
0: It does. Absolutely. You know, it's funny you say that stuff. Cause that's the one thing I've, I've mentioned when, when I look at high school sports, I, I walk around the gym sometimes when I'm working there and, and i look up and you see all these people that came together to watch. And I I'd tell Toby, I'm like, we never would get this in a club game, club game. You're going to get your parents, maybe some grandparents you know, a few a few interested people and, and our girls play at a high level, just like your sons and daughter played a high level as well. But you just don't get the crowds. But people come up for high school games. It brings communities together. And that's what that's what I really like about high school athletics. And it it scares me that it, you start to see the club taking over as much as I respect and like clubs. I just I really think that high school athletics have a much bigger place than a club does. No disrespect to the clubs.
2: Well, they, they're, they're different. Yes. Um, it's one of the things that I talked to our board about when I was going through the hiring process as the executive director. You know, they said, you know, they asked, you know, when they're asked me questions about, you know, why you, why, why should we choose you for this, this position? And one of the things that I talked about was that I do have that perspective. I've seen things through the club lens, through the high school lens, and there, there's a place for all of us. Yeah. Each each of those entities brings something to the table for our children. Mm-hmm. But no one brings to the table what education-based athletics does. Agreed. And, and uh, you know, the, the bus rides, like I said, the pasta parties, <laughs> the, the, send, the send-offs by your band, the pep band on yeah. the sidelines, those are all unique things. Your community coming out and and welcome, you know, standing out on the roadside to, to welcome the fire truck home. Yes. Th- those are things that that are unique to high school athletics. For sure. Um, my kids wouldn't be where they are today without club athletics. They wouldn't be. Yeah. But their most special memories are with their high school teams.
1: Yeah,
0: agreed. Yeah, you play with your friends. Yep. Yeah. Is, is there a way to help you know, them just play in the sandbox better together? It seems like they encroach on each other so much now. Is there a way that we can I've been trying to wrestle with that. Like how do you make them how do you get them to, to work a little bit better so they don't like the club doesn't demand you quit a high school athletic in you know the off season or like I, I i haven't figured that out yet
2: well i can't speak for the club side because um um to some extent they see your kids as irus yeah individual individual revenue units
1: mm-hmm.
2: so i can't speak to that side yeah. because you're putting money in their pockets yeah. so Right. why why would they want to share your kids when they know that they're going to make money on the high school side that's that's not what it's about you're yeah. not putting money in their pockets so it's it's complete it's a completely different narrative um, people in the club scene some of them that is their livelihood so how can you fault someone for trying to grow their business that's yeah. what they're trying to do Fair. so but again to keep it in perspective that's what that side is about it's about it's about making money, mm-hmm. and it's different.
1: Yeah. It's just different. Yeah.
2: So, I, I mean, I can't speak for them, and I don't fault them for trying to get more kids in because, again, they're growing their business when they do yeah. that. Yeah. But uh, I, I will tell you I had a great conversation today with a group of athletic directors who talked about that, and a lot of high school athletic directors are encouraging their coaches to simply take the attitude, next man up you're going to go to a club tournament this weekend. Okay. That's your choice. Next man up or next girl up yeah. because you're going to get to play and start now because she's gone to a club tournament this weekend. You know, instead of fighting it, yeah. simply say, okay, next man mm-hmm. up. And then when she comes back from a club tournament, you got to earn your spot back because someone else just stepped up and she played pretty well. Right. So, um, I think a lot of high school ADs and coaches are are trying to kind of take that mentality now that, these parents have invested thousands of dollars to send their kid to these soccer tournaments, and so to tell them they can't go when they spent two grand, eh, you're not going to win that battle. They've invested a lot of money, so instead, take the kids when you have them, and when they're not there, so I have someone else ready to
1: go. It's probably all you can do. Yeah, you know and it, it'll work great because every the next kid is going to step up. Yeah.
2: They are. They're going to get their chance that they wouldn't have had otherwise.
1: Right. Yeah, that's a great take.
2: The world, what, the world. you know, I mean, it's it's the old book, Good to Great. I read that a long time ago, and it's, it's the truth. If you just continue trying to do things the way you've always done them, the world is changing around us. Yeah. So that's not going to work. If you continue to be in that old-school mentality that you will not allow – Anybody on your team to go do something else, not going to win that one. That bus left the station a long time ago. You've got to find a new way to look at it and a new approach and accept it as it is what it is. That's the way the world is functioning right now. So let's embrace those kids that you have because those kids that are there need you. And those kids who are there probably aren't going on and playing college soccer. And so let's just be there for them and let's make the best opportunity for those kids.
0: Agreed.
1: Yeah. What has been, with the WIA, it's an authority figure, right, the NCAA, WIA, and these. what has been the most trying part? I mean, anytime something goes wrong, everybody blames – it's got to blame somebody, and it's, you know, I'm sure the WI has taken its fair share. What, what, it, what do you find is the di- most difficult part of being at the top of the WIA when it comes to – you know, there's decisions made based on – you know, we've talked about this last week was you get a player that transfers – and all of a sudden, the paperwork doesn't go through, and all of a sudden, the, the, they pull wins or they pull a team out of the tournament. What what makes the you know? There's no one big paintbrush that makes everything go away. But what is the most you know trying part of your job? Hmm.
2: Well, it's. I mean, I think that's a multifaceted answer. <laughs> um, I think the biggest piece for me in the last two years in this new role has been helping people understand that the WIAA isn't a building. <laughs> the, the WIAA is 20 staff members, many of us who are teachers and coaches our, our, ourselves, who are doing everything we can with integrity to uphold the membership rules that the 517 schools have made. Mm-hmm. Nobody in our office gets to make the rules. Right. We just get the the fortunate and sometimes unfortunate job of upholding them. Hmm. And th- the intent is that the integrity of, of high school athletics is um, it's not supposed to mirror college. You're not supposed to allow transfers to be freebies and kids to be recruited to other high schools. That's not what it's supposed to be about. So when those days come and those are hard, hard days, those are really hard days. Yeah. Uh, the model that we have in our office is to remind ourselves that even though for that one kid, it's devastating. We are upholding the rules for the other 69,000 kids in the state of Wisconsin that are following the rules mm-hmm. and for the, the teams that they're on. And if there were no rules, there'd be chaos. Then there would no, be no need to have an organization because everybody could just do what they wanted, be a free for all. Yeah. But those are those are absolutely the worst days in our office when we get the call from an athletic director, and the in the first words out of their mouth is, "I think we have a problem." <laughs> oh boy, it's going to be a long day. Mike Mike Devine, who was the principal at Spash, um, who I worked with, and it was outstanding. I was I was um, I loved being an athletic director with Mike Devine as our principal. He used to call those days a shit sandwich.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can imagine.
2: Yep. Nothing nothing good's gonna come out of this. It's gonna be really, really a hard day. But um again, you know, when you can go to bed at night and look at yourself in the mirror and know that you're doing things for the right reasons, even though it doesn't always feel fun. Yeah. It's 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 still a good feeling to know that you're you 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 are doing it with purpose and with meaning. And there is very good rationale behind why we have residency rules, age rules. Um, academic standards. There are, there are really, really good, good reasons why they exist. And all of a sudden when there's a slip up and somebody misses something, it's just really, really hard.
1: Yeah. Well, plus it seems like everything today, I mean, like if there's a mistake made or there's an error made and you follow the rules right away, it's got to go to court, right? Right away a judge is involved right away. If there's attorneys and it just seems to, Society doesn't let things play out anymore. They always, everybody has to just be on top of things quickly. And and that kid should be playing
2: tomorrow. We live in a litigious society. Yes. And um, everybody wants instant gratification. They want what they want and they want it now. And unfortunately, the long game in those situations usually are that, um, you know, ultimately the rules are upheld. The membership, you know, has a very, very well-established system for changing rules if they don't like it. Schools voluntarily sign up on an annual basis and say that they're going to follow the rules. They don't have to belong to the association. They voluntarily sign up for those rules, and they voluntarily agree to follow them. They also voluntarily agree to accept the sanctions when they don't follow them. So it's it it's i hate to say it but it's it's kind of cut and dry yeah. it's pretty straightforward it it does not make it any easier when those situations are presented it's it's a terrible day for everybody and um in one of our recent cases that's what the judge said i think that was the exact words was that there's no winners today right. nobody's going to walk right. out of this courtroom <laughs> feeling like a yeah. winner it's a sad day for everybody involved
0: yeah. Well, hopefully you don't get any of those calls where yeah, they right. say, uh, I, I, I think we have a problem. <laughs> hopefully hopefully you don't get any of those.
2: The good news is we get calls like that almost on a daily basis, but very, very few uh, get to a point where they're they're not correct. That you, you know, most of them we can head off before they really become crisis mode. Uh, most of them are caught early in the season. You know, maybe they have to forfeit a game or two, but it's early on. Uh, you know, so usually when those things happen, they aren't real big news because they're caught sure. early, and we can take steps to correct them pretty quickly. Yeah,
0: it's it's always unfortunate when it's late in the season and it costs somebody their entire season. or You know, that, that's the shame. And you feel bad for all the other kids, too, that get affected by proxy. You know, they, they didn't do anything. They just, yeah, they just get stuck in the middle.
2: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Tough yeah,
2: stuff. But like any job, any job, <laughs> there are days there are days that aren't fun. This is true. But most days in my job are phenomenal. I love my job.
0: Yeah. Well that's awesome. I thought I
1: yeah, what I heard was there's a big ivory tower and you guys just sit up top there in your shoots and <laughs> just just make decisions all day. <laughs> that's not the case.
2: Well come on out to Vern Holmes Road and we'll show you <laughs> that is oh, no, no, there, there's no ivory tower there. <laughs>
1: no that's great what you guys do because there's got to be there's got to be a system there's got to be you know there's there always does otherwise like you said it's chaos and then what are we going to do from there
2: yep yep you're right well guys i gotta help a young man get packed up for a trip tomorrow
0: that sounds great hey we really appreciate the time and squeezing us in um yeah, he thanks a lot, and we, uh, we will let you go, and, and safe travels to him, and good luck. I hope he dominates out there.
2: Absolutely. If you ever want anybody else from our staff to join you, you just give me a holler, let me know. Appreciate that. Um, you know, depending on what your topic is, I could give you a couple suggestions or maybe even maybe some coaches or ADs from across the state. I'd give you some ideas. That'd be
0: fun on referees too. We haven't had two referees on, which was a lot of fun. We had a high school hockey and the soccer. And so it'd be fun to talk referees because we would love to try to help get more referees. We, we don't know why people hate them so much because they're very needed and very loved. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, the 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 saying is the best the best official is um the one at the end of the night. You didn't even notice that they yes, were there, true. right?
1: So right. That's mm-hmm. it. Well good luck to awesome. you. Thank you.
2: Thanks, you guys. Awesome. Take yeah. care. Thank you.
1: We'll nice see to ya. meet
2: you, Toby. Nice
1: Say hi to, meet to Jackie, you too.
2: please. <laughs> Say hi to Jackie. We'll
1: definitely do that. Bye <laughs> bye. <All right, laughs> bye-bye. bye-bye.